A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. Hey, Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day. Welcome to Screen Perspectives, a podcast produced by the Pittsburgh Film Office to share how people build successful careers in the screen industry, be it film, TV, streaming, etc. Screen Perspectives was born out of many conversations with industry professionals, sometimes over dinner, sometimes over drinks, and a lot of times driving around looking at the wonderful diversity of locations in southwestern Pennsylvania. Thousands of people make their living in the screen industry, which nationally tops $28 billion a year. Locally, the screen industry is responsible for over $150 million in new money to the southwestern Pennsylvania region's economy. There really is no direct pathway to success in this industry. It's a lot of hard work, networking, and you have to sprinkle in a little bit of luck to be successful. The Pittsburgh Film Office is excited to share these amazing individual stories with you so you can learn how they did it and determine your best path forward. Screen Perspectives is hosted by me, Dawn Kieser, director of the Pittsburgh Film Office, and the incredible Kevin Smith, screenwriter extraordinaire, screenwriting instructor, and driving force of the broadcast program at the University of Pittsburgh. Thank you for joining us. Our guest on today's podcast is a network executive and independent producer. He has overseen the development and production of some of the most honored scripted films, many series, and drama series for broadcast, cable, and streaming television services. Vlad Walnitz's projects have collectively been recognized with over 200 Emmy Award nominations, multiple Golden Globes, and three Peabody Awards. Vlad began his career at the age of 20 working for D'Antoni Productions under the tutelage of Philip D'Antoni, the Academy Award-winning producer of The French Connection, and cut his teeth on independent films Smoke, Blue in the Face, and Joe's Apartment. Vlad joined AMC initially as a development executive, producing their first original scripted series, Remember When, and The Lot. He was eventually named AMC's head of production, and in that role, directly oversaw the development, production, and launching of Broken Trail, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, The Killing, Rubicon, and numerous other series and originals for the network, founding AMC Studios in 2009. He departed AMC to become the head of production for BBC Worldwide, producing multiple series for their domestic and international services, including Torchwood and Copper. In 2014, he signed an overall production deal with Paramount, which led to a number of series and telefilms, including The Mist and Waco. Vlad is currently the vice president of production for 101 Studios, overseeing the dramas George and Tammy and The Mayor of Kingstown, filmed right here in Pittsburgh. We're thrilled to welcome Vlad Wilmots to the show today, and we're glad you're here to listen. Thanks. So you greenlit Mad Men, saved AMC, and then you just happened upon <laughs> Breaking Bad. I'm giving well, you I, all the credit for saving AMC because, you know, it's our show. We can do what we want. And I'm very careful to, to because because they're still very close friends of mine. It was it was Rob Sorcher, Christina Wayne. And, and you, do you and, think they're going to listen? Because you never know. So we can give you all the credit, but... <laughs> Christina, I think, is in. She's somewhere in the Middle East right now, but I'm sure okay. she will because she catches everything. Uh, okay. and, and, and Rob will Rob will hear it in 20 years and go. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our, as part of this team, we brought in 
Mad Men. Right, and and, and, and this is and this is this is this is this is a good Rob Sorcher story. I mean, he 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 came. The the whole thing happens, and this is kind of an interesting backstory. The whole thing happens because in two thousand three, I think it was, there was an accounting scandal in the company, and it was a Sarbanes Oxley violation, which is way too complicated to unpack. Suffice it to say that there, there that there was there was there was deliberate misreporting of when money was spent over calendar years, and the investors got went crazy and there was a big audit and the top 12 executives of the company were, were marched out of the office one, one afternoon. Right. So the, the senior most person left standing was Rob and we had no idea what we were going to do. We, we did, we didn't, you know, we're sit, sitting there going, what well, you know, so, so that, 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 that particular situation directly leads to nine or 10 months later, him being really bored and, and, and deciding let's go make a Western with Walter Hill and Robert Duvall, which became a miniseries that led directly to the, the Mad Men and Hustle and all the other stuff that we wound up doing ever. Brings out this far. Thought maybe he's going under. No, sir. But your mother did. Passed away two weeks ago. Roll with what's thrown at you. To your successful venture. Walter Hill's epic saga. Broken Trail. Now, after we'd done Mad Men and it turned out to be brilliant, um, we were in kind of a funny position because if you remember when that show hit the air, it was a period show and it was a perfectly done period show. So suddenly um, people like your friend of the, of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, who was such a huge fan of Remember When, and when that went off the air, he never forgave AMC, was writing articles of like all is forgiven because now AMC is going back to what, well, actually AMC is not going back to what it was. It was, it was just, it was the best script we had at, at, at the moment and one of the best I've ever seen. And it happened to be period. So, so it was really important that the next thing we did was the polar opposite of, of Mad Men. We were within minutes of that show hitting the air, we were getting pitched from every studio and every major producer, other period shows. They just assumed you know, th there's this um, monochromatic view of, Oh, well you make that now. So that's the only thing you're going to be making. And that was the antithesis of what we were trying to do. Um, uh, Jeremy Ellis was an executive who had been at FX and, and he and Christina and Rob were interviewing him to take over development on the West coast. And he had mentioned a script that was in turnaround about a, um, uh, a high school chemistry teacher who turns to you know, is diagnosed with cancer and turns to crystal meth manufacturing, and and FX wouldn't uh, FX wouldn't do it in the end because I, I think the crystal meth aspect was so radioactive, you know, uh, back then. Uh, they they loved it and they just and it was fully developed. The, the pilot script was was virtually exactly what we shot, uh, but they couldn't make it. They just, their, their corporate masters wouldn't allow them to. We, on the other hand, were a broken business that had no advertisers and, and had no had no supervision other than <laughs> other than Josh Saban, who was you know a lovely man who was just here's here's some more money go do it again you know and um, we bought the script out of turnaround and um, produced it with Sony uh, which which is a, which was a whole other complicated story Sony was very nervous about us because they thought we were going to be a a one show network they didn't think we were going to expand out so to, to guarantee that the thing had some legs internationally they, they 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 got very heavily involved in the casting and that's how we wound up with brian cranston who who had a television value from malcolm in the middle and the, his the story he tells of his casting is fascinating fiction the, the, the actual story is even more interesting uh, but uh but it was an interesting roller coaster getting him getting him cast in the show to say the least um and um we made the pilot, and and uh, there was a there was a wonderful Sony executive who was there, whose name I, I won't repeat. He's a lovely guy, <laughs> and he was on set with us for for about two days, and he was making another show for CBS at exactly the same time in Reno, 
uh, and I can't remember the name of it now. It was, it was, it was some, it was a musical that was being EP'd by um, Hugh Jackman. Uh, v, it was a remake of, I think it was Viva Lachlan. Is that the name of it? I think it was, I think it's the name of it, Viva Lachlan. Uh, and he said, you know, Vlad, it's really nice to work with you guys and, and Vince is a genius, but we both know this show is never going to get on the air because of what it's about. So I'm going to go off to Reno where they don't yell, <laughs> where, 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 where they don't yell action. They yell five, six, seven, eight. And, like, <laughs> and, 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 and I was like, thank you. I have no idea what to say to you. And, and uh, sure enough, that show infamously, I think was canceled during its opening credits. <laughs> yes. CBS. It was Shocker. One the, it was one of the great disasters. And of course, Breaking Bad became one of them. So it completely flipped the, the, the script of what they, what they'd expected as is normally the case. You know, it, yeah. the, 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 the greatest virtue we, had back then was that if we just went in the opposite direction of everyone else there was bound to be an audience for it it's such a simple simple idea and so hard to actually navigate that concept through a a larger and more more bureaucratic corporate structure and and ours had been eliminated so we just had this runway for about two or three years where we kind of got to do whatever we wanted on a limited scale and juggling the amortization of the financing and, and all that stuff there's a lot of stories about that there's a lot of stories about Cablevision not really wanting to be in the scripted business and Breaking Bad kind of compelled them to be. Once they got on the air, they had no choice but to double down on it. And there were people who were for it and there were people against it. We tried to poison you because you're an insane, degenerate piece of filth and you deserve to die. So that stuff was perfectly normal, but at least we had a fighting chance to do it. I, I think if you were... If you're in some of the other larger corporations today, it's really hard to navigate something that that's an idea that's simple and that's sure sure to succeed if you're if you're if your taste is decent. Because there's just too many things in the way of 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 mounting something with with a kind of alacrity that it needs. You, you know, the, the, for those things to succeed, the most important reason why those two things succeeded was because no one was paying attention to them while we were making them. If if people were watching what we were doing and would have seen where we made our mistakes and, and, and noticed where we cleaned up our mistakes and so on. I, I don't know that either of those shows get out of their pilot stage or first seasons. You know, we were very, very careful and very, it was a very small circle. It really was Rob, Christina and myself, and then the showrunners and their teams. And, and we, we protected the hell out of them from any, any outside interference. And um, you can speak to any of them to this day. I mean, the, the, those things were fun because they were left alone. And, and my job was to make sure they were left alone. Um, until they until they made a mistake, there was nothing to to criticize. Uh, and unfortunately, in our industry and, and, and in your field in academics and 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 and, and Don's and in, in, in the political universe, there's always somebody who wants to render an opinion just to be involved, and it may be utterly catastrophic to the process of whatever you're building or right? I mean, so with but even with the best of intentions, you know, it's just it's just you know you have to be really careful who you let into the inner circle. The fewer people, the better. And and there's one other thing. I, I, I neither I nor Rob nor Christina ever made the mistake of thinking it was our shows. I mean, it's our responsibility in that job. You know, when I'm producing, it's 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 my responsibility. When I'm executing, it's really the entire thing is my responsibility. It's not my show. It's Matt Weiner's show. It's Vince Gilligan's show. It's it's you know, and the people they invite to to to, to gift it further creatively. I mean, uh, um, and the odd thing is, if you do that long enough and well enough, they actually invite you into the family. Which is, which is you know, that's when you know you've really done it well, and it, it's not something you. It isn't an ego trip; it's actually an emotional one. And there's a, 
Vince named a character after me in Breaking Bad after I left. And so like, you know, that was the, the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. You know, it was just one of those, like, so, you know, it's just, it, that, meant, that meant more to me than any, any, you know, any award, any compliment, any, any, any bonus check, which I didn't get nearly as many of as I should have, but it's just, <laughs> I give you money, you give me ideas. You never say thank you. That's what the money is for. Now I'm going to jump in real quick. So I love your, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a fan. So your work, is really interesting because the thing that jumps out of all of the scripts from Mad Men with uh, um, uh, with Donald Draper is the main character, but the, the yeah. actors you had January uh, Jones and, and John Slatter, these are great actors, and, and of course John Hamm. Lovely people too. Yeah. yeah, just fantastic Elizabeth Moss. But all your characters, they're so compelling, and you have this incredible instinct for knowing character that fits in the context of whatever story, where'd that come from? Uh, not being the writer, I can just say, I'm a, it goes back to reading. I'm a very, I'm a, I, I was raised in a house where, where um, even now, if you look around, it, 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 books are everywhere, books in every room. There's books in the bathroom. You know? So, so <laughs> yeah, it, love that. you know, it, it, uh, my father had a kind of a funny approach, which is he never, he never compelled us to read something. He would just leave things lying around. Hmm. And and in if you remember back in the day, before before the internet, we would be bored, and we would do things like occupy our time by picking up the random book or, or periodical that was sitting on the coffee table. Um, I was one of those kids in school who everybody hated because I was the kid who'd read the book the morning of the test, and I, I can read about a um, hundred pages in, in an hour. You know? So so I would read very quickly, retain everything and get an A. And while everyone else is tearing their hair out, trying to you know, remember what happened in chapter four of, of Nicholas Nickleby or whatever. And um, uh, I, I also think that there's a, you know, I, I guess I, I enjoy working with people who are capable of holding a conversation. And I mean, in, invariably when you work with the Matt Weiners or Vince Gilligan's of the world, there's a, there's a high literacy level that goes way beyond just being good at writing or just being good at, at, at a particular kind of story. They're, they're very, very aware and very interested in, in, a, in, a, in a really broad range of things. I mean, so much of Breaking Bad came out of like Vince reading popular science or popular mechanics, those kinds of things. You know, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the elliptical side of that stuff that, that, that makes people interesting. Um, but the kind of story I'm attracted to as, as a producer or as an executive, I, I love stories that are really about, I love stories that are all about how a fiasco, a genuine fiasco, is born not out of one bad decision or or one bad actor, but by a series of of, of pieces of bad luck. Somebody didn't saying the didn't stand up at the right time to the right to the right person in a given moment. Um, and there's so many episodes in history from from uh, you know, my favorite is Scott of the Antarctic. You know, the, the, those men don't need to die if they had buried the the you know the the uh, the supplies five miles further in where they were supposed to, instead of turning back. And so like so many things that occur in, in, in the world are, are such random acts. And I think, I think that kind of uh, ironic writing and research are, are really fun for me to, to play with. Waco is a good example of it. You've looked to me to be your leader, to guide you on this journey. But I'm no leader. I'm a follower, just like you. The kingdom of heaven is coming. You. So I love people who are who are obsessed with that. Matt Weiner's a good example. He, you know, his his nephews uh, asked me once, like, did, did you guys know how to make crystal meth? And it's like, well, the DA did show us how to do it in a demonstration on on you know the, during prep of the pilot. 
and and it's fairly well known that in the show there's there's always a step or two left out of the process so that you can't you know they're not actually showing you how to do it but it was it was critical that we knew what not to show you know um, but but um the the inquiries about that for for a long time were were, were a little unsettling you know? yeah <laughs> so, um you know i uh not being somebody who's ever indulged in that sort of thing it's it's just uh, uh i'm following the also, recipe it's not working <laughs> yeah no i know it's just, it's just, yeah, that's right. exactly why does why yeah, well that, yeah, the, the, when i was in high school a bunch of friends of mine tried to make plastique you know and it was, it was like a, it was like oh okay in, in the chem lab and it didn't work it, it was like vaseline <laughs> and, and magnesium or something and, and, and it did, not only did it not work out but it turned into this sort of goopy thing and somebody threw a cigarette at it and blew out a bunch of windows in the- <laughs> oh my so, 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 so so it was so it was it was it was one of those we don't talk about that outside of the, you know, <laughs> yeah. but you know you know well, well kids do dumb things you know it's just sort of like you know in the back of the chemistry textbook it says you can do this and so so you know so, so don't don't do that um uh, i've never met anyone who there's a great line in grand prix which is a, a uh uh, John Frankenheimer film that uh, I think uh, Yves Montad I think has the line where I've never met anyone who enjoys danger who had any imagination you've been listening to episode 5 of Screen Perspectives Screen Perspectives is hosted by Don Keezer and Kevin Smith produced and engineered by Max Glider Isaiah Stewart and Jennifer Booker music by Isaiah Stewart Special thanks to today's guest, Vlad Wolinitz, the Pittsburgh Film Office, and to the University of Pittsburgh. Screen Perspectives is a production of the Pittsburgh Film Office.